it's time to take five for safety. It's time for another episode of Let's Not Die Today on the Toolbox Talk Show Network. Hey, folks. I just wanted to personally thank you for being a listener of this show. And if you could, do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or Spotify. Please go and subscribe. Oh, yeah, and don't forget our friends over at 7Taps. It's microlearning made easy. Go to their site, get the free community version, see if you like it. You will love it. Your HR department will love it. And if they do, go and get the pro version. But before they buy, go to toolboxtalkshow.com backslash training and get all the bonuses you got coming to you. All right, our topic today, overhead crane and hoist safety. You know, overhead crane and hoist safety can be the difference between life and death. In this episode, we will discuss ways you can stay safe when working with overhead cranes and hoist. Let's start with definitions. According to OSHA 1910.179A8, Overhead crane means a crane with a movable bridge carrying a movable or fixed hoisting mechanism and traveling on an overhead fixed runway structure. In other words, overhead cranes move loads side to side, backward and forward over a rectangular area. Let's talk history. Starting in some of the earliest civilizations, man created machines to lift objects to heights never imagined. From an engineering perspective, these devices were impressive. The only significant difference today is our ability to power these machines. The Egyptians used the principle of a seesaw or a teeter-totter to develop simple lifting devices such as inclined planes and levers. Moving something up a ramp rather than lifting it straight up requires less force but takes more time. There are somewhere around 140 Egyptian pyramids. Most of the stones that make up the pyramids weigh 2 to 3 tons. Some of these stones can weigh up to 50 tons or more. The pyramids can reach 147 meters or nearly 500 feet. Although the Egyptians' methods were advantageous, they required massive manpower. Some historians estimate it took between 20,000 and 50,000 men over several decades to complete some pyramids. Similar structures could be built today in a few years using powered cranes and a small workforce. Cranes began appearing in Greece around the 5th century BC. They were simple machines that used a rope passed over a pulley. Early on, the single pulley was used for drawing well water. A single pulley changes the direction of the pull, but offers no real mechanical advantage. Pulling down on a rope is always easier than pulling up. In the 4th century BC, the compound pulley was developed, combining single pulleys into a block. The mechanical advantage is equal to the number of pulleys used, So a crane with five pulleys allows you to lift five times more than you otherwise could. The disadvantage is that the rope must be pulled over five times the distance. Another significant improvement was the introduction of the capstan and winch. The only difference between the capstan and the winch is the former has a vertical axle and the latter has a horizontal one. Both devices substitute for pulling the rope by using hand spikes or levers inserted into slots on a drum that moves in a circular rotation. They were invented around the same time as the compound pulley. When you combine the capstan or winch with a compound pulley, it creates a powerful lifting machine. A single man exerting a force of 110 pounds can lift 3,300 pounds. To perform a similar task, the Egyptians would have required 30 to 60 men. 
Treadwheels started appearing around 230 BC and were used until the latter half of the 19th century. Treadwheels generate power by walking within the wheel, which is much greater than just using your arm and shoulder to turn a winch or capstan. Typically, these devices have a diameter of 4 or 5 meters. Because of the wheel's larger radius, they have a greater mechanical advantage than winches or capstans. Depending on the size, a tread wheel can have a mechanical advantage of 14 to 1. Similar to overhead cranes found in many shops today, the first horizontal crane was created in 1666 by Frenchman Claude Perrault. A trolley could be moved along the entire length of the jib by two ropes that were wound and unwound via a spindle attached to the trolley. One of the early uses was for building carriages and stagecoaches. The overhead crane could set the cab on its axle and provide easy access for installing the wheels. At first, the speed of lifting machines was extremely slow, while the amount of manpower required to operate them remained high. However, later in the 19th century, before steam power became available, human-powered devices became so sophisticated that a single person could lift 15 tons using one hand. Safety mechanisms were introduced late in the 18th century. These features would prevent falling loads and sudden reverse rotation of a treadwheel or capstone. Cranes have continued to develop, and today the most common tower crane can lift anywhere between 12 and 20 tons. The average overhead crane has a capacity range from 1 to 16 tons. These cranes are widely used in factories, warehouses, and stockyards. Let's talk statistics. According to an extensive 10-year study, there were 249 industrial overhead crane incidents. The study revealed the following. 37% of the victims were crushed by the load. 27% of the time, the load was dropped with the root cause being poor rigging. 12% of the victims fell from heights of 8 foot to 100 foot or more. 11% were crushing injuries. Almost all of those resulted in a fatality. 6% were due to either improper lockout tagout or failure to lockout tagout. The result was 838 OSHA violations and $2.3 million in fines. Half of these incidents ended in injury and the other half, fatalities. Let's talk safety. Safety tip number one personal protective equipment. Crane operators, riggers, and any other employees who work in areas where overhead cranes operate should wear the appropriate PPE, including hard hats, safety glasses, gloves, and steel-toed boots. As always, observe your company-specific requirements for your location. Safety tip number two, frequent visual inspections. Perform a crane inspection at the beginning of every shift or whatever frequency your company currently mandates. Crane inspections should be documented. If you are using the crane after it has been inspected, check and ensure the inspection is complete. Visually inspect the crane and surrounding area. Check for good housekeeping. Look for leaks or other tripping hazards. Inspect the wire rope for damage. Inspect the drum for proper rope alignment. Inspect the block and hook. Inspect the bumpers. Look for deformed, distorted, cracked, or corroded parts. If issues are discovered during inspection, do not operate the crane and report it to your supervisor immediately. Safety tip number three, operational test. A basic operational test should include operate the crane in each direction and listen for any unusual noises or jerky movements. Check the control station and make sure all the buttons are labeled. Make sure it's functioning correctly and it doesn't stick. 
raise and lower the hook. Check the upper hoist limit switch. Slowly raise the block to trip the limit switch. Lower the hoist block to activate the lower limit switch if the crane is so equipped. If not, stop the block before it contacts the floor. The hook must have a safety latch that closes. A warning tag should be located on the control station or lower hook block with some reminders about many of the checks we just covered. Safety tip number four, general safety. Be sure to ask your employer if there are any special certifications needed before operating a specific piece of equipment. Stay alert and pay attention to the warning signal from overhead hoisting equipment. Never carry a load over another worker. Never stand or walk under a load. Never operate an unsafe crane. Never allow unauthorized persons to operate the crane or give hand signals. Lock out equipment when doing any repair work. Never exceed the limits of the equipment. If the lift appears to become unstable or unsafe, stop immediately. Do not operate any overhead crane tagged out or marked as do not operate. If it is necessary to leave the controls unattended, lower the load first. As we discussed in the worker fatigue episode, ensure you are alert and have had sufficient rest before operating equipment. Safety tip number five, operators and riggers and signal persons. Hoist operators and riggers should be trained in standard crane operation hand signals. This is especially important for situations when voice communication could be interrupted. Operators and riggers must know the load ratings before attempting the lift. Verify that the load is not heavier than the maximum load capacity. Operators and riggers should not engage in any behavior that could divert their attention. The operator and signal person must stay in communication at all times. Following these tips can save you from accidents, injuries, and even death. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Not Die Today. If you'd like free PDF versions of all our talks, please scroll down halfway on the homepage and sign up for our mailing list. And please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you love what we do, please tell your employer about us. We love you too. See you next time.